Hey, and welcome to episode three of Conflict Revolution. I'm Erin Bailey Moses, and I'm so excited to have you here with me today. Today's episode is all about how you prepare to go into negotiation or to go into discussing a conflict. Now, before we get started, what I want you to do is hop over to my website to erinbaileymoses.mykajabi.com slash five things, and I want you to pick up my free guide to negotiation prep. All right, I'm going to give you just a minute to do that. All right, you good? You have it now. You're, you've pulled it up on your screen, and you've or you've printed it out, and you're taking a look at it, because this is what we're going to use for our guide today. And before we dig into this, I need to ask y'all a question. Do you write your grocery list before you go to the grocery store? Are you one of those people who knows exactly what you're having for dinner, lunch, breakfast, all week long, and you go to the store with a plan, and you've got your grocery grocery list ready? Or are you one of those people who's like, nah, I'll remember what it is that I want. You wander around the aisles for a while. Maybe you pick up a few extra items that you didn't really plan on getting. And then you get home and you find out you're missing like three or four items that you probably needed for this week. I will tell you, I'm one of those people who's sort of in the middle. We like to keep a running grocery list during the week so that if we notice something is missing, we can just throw it onto the, we use a whiteboard. We just write it on the whiteboard and then whenever somebody needs to go to the grocery store, we can take a picture of it and send it to the person who has to go. That way we always have a really, really pretty good idea of what we need to get from the store. We do usually end up with a couple of extra things here and there, or maybe there's something that we didn't notice was missing, and because we didn't do a really thorough check, we forget to write it on the list and end up having to make another trip to the grocery store later in the week. Okay, so you're probably wondering why I'm talking about going to the grocery store. Hopefully, some of you have figured it out when I say that Preparing for a negotiation is kind of like preparing to go to the grocery store. You have to know what you need from the store in order to make sure that you're going to the correct store and to make sure that you don't walk out of the grocery store with a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't need or already had at home and end up having to go back and, and make another trip. Okay, so step one Just like deciding that you have to go to the grocery store, you have to determine what you're negotiating about and what you're negotiating for. And when you're starting out, this could be a very broad statement. This could be, I'm looking for a new house, or I'm looking to buy a new car, or I am looking to have somebody design a new logo for me. And maybe I should back up just a step here and say that Just like when we're going shopping, we want to make sure we're going to the right store. When we're negotiating, we want to make sure that we're negotiating with the right person or the right company for what we need to have happen. You're not going to go to the clothing store if you need to buy groceries, and you're not going to go to the grocery store if you need to buy... Okay, well, I'm having a hard time with that one because, quite honestly... We have places like Walmart and Target that have groceries and everything else. So you actually could buy your clothes at the grocery store. 
And now I'm on a tangent. So let's back up. You want to make sure that you're, you're headed to the right place, that you're talking to the right people for what you need. And in some cases, it may be a place that does many things like a Walmart or a Target for what you're looking to negotiate. So you have written down your basic understanding of what it is that you need. The new logo, the new car, uh, the new house, branding opportunities, an employee even. And once you have those broad strokes figured out, that's when we start narrowing it down. And what we're going to look at over the next few steps are what are necessities and what are things that would be amazing, but maybe not deal killers if they don't happen, and what things are absolutely out of bounds that you're just not willing to give or give up, or things that you don't want to be included in any part of this negotiation or conflict management effort. So your next step is going to sit down and really think about what it is that you want to get out of this negotiation. What are the points of your deal? What are the things that you are looking for that would make this deal, this negotiation, go well for you? Are there certain attributes that this house you're looking for, this car you're looking for, this employee you're looking for needs to have in order for you to move forward? Are there certain things that would be amazing and you would consider bonuses to have? And on that track, what would be the most amazing and outstanding outcome if you could have the full package coming out of this and it was It's the best thing you could possibly imagine at this point to get out of this negotiation. What would that be? I want you to look at that and I want you to write it down. Everything you could possibly think of. Put it in a list and say this, this would be the perfect thing for me at this time. And then you're going to take a really hard look at that list and you're going to say, okay, all of these things would be amazing what things would be phenomenal, but if I don't get them, I could still make this deal. I could still live with what I get if I don't get X, Y, and Z. Maybe it's the satellite radio in the car isn't that important to you. Maybe you're, li- you're willing to live with a V4 instead of a V6 engine. Maybe if you're looking for an employee, they... You would love for them to have certain skills, but if they don't have one or two of those, it would be okay as long as they were willing to learn them as part of their job. So what you're doing at this point is you're going through your list and you're prioritizing what things are musts, what things are loves, what things would be great to have but aren't necessary necessary for you to make a deal. And once you're done with that prioritization, you need to take a hard look at your list and say, this is the absolute minimum I can accept in order to make a deal on this. This is the least amount that I need to have happen for someone to fill this employee position or 
Or do you not care about any of the perks for that car you're buying? You just need it to run reliably. But what you're doing at this point is you're figuring out at what point is making a deal still advantageous for me? At what point is 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 coming to an agreement with this person still going to benefit me? And then you get to sit down and you get to do this for the other side. The person that you are going into a negotiation with, the person that you are looking to handle a conflict with. What do they need? What do they want? Where are they coming from? What is their perception of what needs to happen and what should happen? And I'm not saying that you have to know these answers because just like nobody's in your head, there's no way that you can fully and completely be in their head. What I'm saying is, is that it's really important for you to think about what points they might need an agreement on in order to make a deal with you as well. Because hopefully they are also looking at their needs and their interests and their wants before they're sitting down with you. And in just a few minutes, when we get to some later steps, we're going to talk about why it was important to not only go through this needs and wants list for yourself, but also for the other person that you are discussing with. And y'all, I am looking at this five essential things to know before you negotiate page that I just sent you to, and hopefully I will have this fixed before you have read this, but I just found a typo. And that's super frustrating. Anyway, hopefully I will get that fixed. But if I haven't gotten that fixed before you get to it and before you download it, I apologize and know that I will fix it. So number three on her list is you need to figure out what your alternatives are. So your alternative is if you don't reach an agreement with this particular person, with this particular company, what are you going to do? Um, because you've already decided, okay, here's what I need, need to be at. Here's what needs to happen. Here's what we need to be able to agree on in order for this deal to be lucrative or doable for me. So what do you do if you can't reach that threshold? What happens then? And this is so important to know because you've already said, I know what my boundaries are. But what we want you to be able to do is to say, I know what my boundaries are and I know that I have other places, people, things I can look at to fulfill this same need. And so I don't have to make a deal that doesn't meet all of my needs, that doesn't meet the the basics of what I need to get out of this. Knowing this information keeps you from making a deal that's not advantageous to you because it can be so easy to get into the negotiation and either get confused because because you didn't have a good handle on what you needed or to sometimes get sidetracked by shiny objects. Maybe the other, the other side wants to offer you things that you don't necessarily need um, as an enticement Those are great if you can get all of the other things that you absolutely need, but sometimes they're offered in place of things that you need, but they don't fully fulfill what your outcome should be. 
So examples of our alternatives might be doing the work yourself. Maybe you wanted to hire somebody to do your logo and you decide that you'll just do your logo by yourself now and maybe you'll come back in six months and, and see again if the opportunity is there to work with this person. Maybe you decide to talk to somebody else about doing the same work. Um, if you're buying a car, maybe you decide that you really love the car you decided on, so you will try another car dealership. Or maybe you decide that you're pretty good with the car dealership and the car model isn't what's important, but getting you a good deal on a car is what's important. So maybe you decide to change which model you're looking at. And then for the employment situation, how many other people do you have that you thought might fit the bill for this position that you have interviewed or that you are willing to interview? Are you can are you willing to continue looking and willing to continue interviewing people for that position? So just like we made a list of all the things that you would love to get out of your negotiation. You're going to go back and you're going to look at all of your alternatives, this list of alternatives that you have, and you are going to prioritize them. You're going to rank them and say, this one is the best alternative. So this is the place I need to start if, if what I'm currently discussing doesn't work. And you really need to look at is the best alternative that you came up with better than your bottom line threshold that we talked about in that second step? Because if it is, you need to rethink what your alternatives are and what your minimum that you're willing to get out of your current negotiation are. So if you've got an alternative that would give you a better deal than the deal you're looking at in front of you, then it might be time to call the current deal done or, well, not call it done, but but stop negotiating on that current deal because you, you've just shown yourself that you can get a better deal somewhere else. And again, I want you to sit down and think about this for the person that you're negotiating with as well. What are their alternatives? If, if you're negotiating for that logo, their alternative is probably something like bringing on a different client. Um, if you're interviewing for employees, then that person is probably going to continue looking for another job if you can't meet their needs. For car buying, those salespeople will just wait until another person walks onto the lot. Although I will say that if you're negotiating for a car, a really good tip is to go to two different sales places, two different dealerships, and let them know that you're working with another dealership. Don't lie. Big, big no-no. Please don't lie. But um, it, you will have more success if they know that they're competing against another dealership, even of the same um, car. So two Honda dealerships will, will, will work really hard to get your business if they know that you are um, looking at someplace else. That won't work in every negotiation, um, but... For commodities like cars, a lot of times that will. That's why we have, you know, meet your, I'll meet the competitors, coupon stuff because they want your business. So that was just a little bonus side tip you got there. Okay, so you have 
you know what you're negotiating over. You have gone through and you've tried to think about everything that you could want to get out of this relationship, this negotiation, and you have prioritized that list and you have figured out what your lowest threshold is for making a deal. And then you've gone through and you've looked at your alternatives and you've compared your lowest threshold with this current person that you're working to negotiate with with your alternatives to determine, is it worth it to continue forward with this negotiation? Assuming you have decided that yes, it is worth it. Next, your next step, step number four, is to sit down and think about what additional information do I need in order to go into this negotiation as well prepared as possible? What research do I need? Are Do you have questions about how this person's competitors price and what packages they offer and whether anybody has any current discounts going on like I just talked about with the coupons. Do you need more information about what their expertise is? Do you want to talk to some of their happy customers? Do they have testimonials that you can look at? And can you reach out to some of those people who provided testimonials to get a better understanding of how this person's process works? You know, with something like buying a car or buying real estate, doing research on uh, comparable pricing and comparable other aspects is pretty easy, Um, especially with cars, because you're going to get the same make, model, build, and all that stuff. Um, So it's, it's pretty easy to go onto the dealership's website. I think with things like logo building and more um, personalized businesses, it's, it's a, maybe a little bit harder to really dig into um, what, what it's like to work with that person. So there may be questions that you can't actually answer on your own. But once you've made your list of questions, more information that you need, you are going to do as much research as possible on your own before you go into your negotiation. And then the last thing, The last item on our prep list is to look at your list of questions and, well, actually this isn't going to be the last thing I'm going to say, but the last, this is number five on the checklist, on the guide. Um, You're going to look at the list and you're, you're going to go through and you're going to pull out all of those questions that you had that you couldn't find answers for. Maybe there just wasn't information about it on their website or there wasn't a comparable website that you could check to find out this information. So you're going to pull those aside and you're going to keep that list with you because when we move into number five and you go into the negotiation, you want to know what unanswered questions you have that you need to ask them in order to make the best deal possible, in order to feel comfortable making the best deal possible. So a lot of these questions are probably going to fall into one of two categories. It's either going to be, what information do you need to feel more comfortable in making this deal? And then you're going to go back and look at the information, look at what you had when you were at number Number two, when you are trying to figure out what it is that they need out of this in order to make a deal. 
And I talked about before how you probably won't know a lot of that information. You may not know what is driving them. You may not know what looks good for them to make a deal. And so these should be questions on your list. What do they need? Because the fact is, the point of a negotiation is is to get what you need out of it, right? So we talked about the fact that you aren't going to make a deal, and I'm laying this down right now. You are not going to make a deal that isn't beneficial for you. And understanding that the other person is also coming into this discussion, into this negotiation with the same thought in mind. Why am I going to make a deal that doesn't meet my needs? So that second set of questions where you're looking at the other party's needs is what you're looking at to figure out what you are going to give to them in order to entice them to make this deal, to make this deal beneficial for them. But again, you won't know all the answers to these, and so that's why we have this list of questions. Now understand that hopefully the other side also has a list of questions for you to determine what you want and what you need, and you need to figure out, to a certain extent, what information are you comfortable giving them? Because you may not be comfortable telling them your life story. Uh, Certainly not at a car dealership. Don't do that. Probably not the best idea. So another car dealership tip, they make money when they um, are the ones who underwrite your loan. So if you're negotiating the price on a car and you're planning on paying cash, that may not be what you want to lead with because for them, it's not a benefit. That should be like the last thing that's mentioned. I'm not saying that you lie to them and give them the impression that you are going to use their loan service, but... What I'm saying is maybe, you know, hold that one a bit close to the vest. Saying something along the lines of, you know, I'd really just like to get the price figured out and the the features figured out before we talk about financing. Okay, so that was car buying tip number two. I'm really curious as to how many people are actually looking to buy a car because I would love to know that those tips, I'd love to know what you think about those tips and, and if you use them, if they helped, and if you use them and they didn't help, I'd love your feedback and and to know what happened. Okay, so there is actually a number six that is not on the guide that I had you download. If you haven't downloaded it, erinbaileymoses.mykajabi.com slash five things. Please go get it. Um, so there is a number six. And really, it's sort of a synthesis of this information that you have been gathering and coming up with in these questions. And I, what I want you to look at is think about those things that you think the other side needs to make a deal. What Remember, we did that back at step two when I had you go through and think about what, what is, are the things that they're going to want to get out of this negotiation. And you're going to look at the questions that you think they might ask and the, and the questions that you have. And then you are going to put together a list of things that you think they might want out of the negotiation. Well, you actually should have already done that, shouldn't you? Because we did that in step two. But you're going to take a look at that list and you're going to say, what are the things on this list that I could very easily give to them 
that um, they would value very, very highly, but maybe wouldn't cost me a lot of time, energy, money, whatever it is that you are attempting to conserve. Is there some sort of bonus or additional item that you think they would be interested in that would entice them to make this deal and to make this deal more attractive to them? And if they're smart, they are doing the exact same thing for you, just so you know. So you're looking for things that are low cost for you and high value for them. And once you have done all of these things, you're ready. You synthesize your notes, make sure that you're organized and you, and you know what you want and you are ready to go into this negotiation and kick its butt. Okay, so have I completely exhausted anybody with this list? Um, there is a lot to do. It's negotiation prep is and can be intensive. It can also be really fun and really interesting because you get to learn all sorts of new things. But what I want to say is this. Yes, it looks like a lot. Yes, it might take you some time to do. But you know what the most important thing it's going to do is? It's going to work with your mindset. Because once you know what you want and know what you need to get out of this deal and know what things are, are deal breakers for you, your confidence going into this negotiation, going into any negotiation, is going to soar because you understand yourself. You understand what needs to happen. And because we looked at your alternatives, you know exactly what you're going to do if this particular deal doesn't work. I wish y'all could see this because I'm so talking with my hands right now. It's kind of funny. I can see my myself in my computer screen. But the 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 fact that you know what you're going to do if this negotiation doesn't work out is such an enormous boost to your self-esteem, to your confidence going into a negotiation. So you wouldn't go into brain surgery having absolutely no understanding of the structures of the brain or, you know, uh, 12 years of medical school and residency and all that good stuff. And you don't want your doctor to do that. And you shouldn't go into a negotiation without understanding what you need and what you want out of the process. Because if you do, if you just fly in there, it's like going to the grocery store without a list. You may end up with some of what you want, but you're probably going to end up with something that you didn't need and doesn't really add value to your life or your recipe or whatever it is. So it is so important to sit down and look at this negotiation prep guide before any negotiation. And on that note, I'm going to leave you with one quote by Darren Martin. Confidence is always in direct proportion to preparation. And that is absolutely what we're looking to do here is boost your confidence through preparation. As always, if you guys have any questions or concerns or a topic you would love to hear about, shoot me an email at podcast at AaronBaileyMoses.com. I look forward to it. I would love to hear from y'all. And have a great day, and I will talk to y'all soon. Bye.